Good morning. Welcome to Faith Church. If you're here for the first time, special welcome to you. We're about halfway through our series on the Ten Commandments, and we've summarized their purpose as this. The Ten Commandments are loving instruction from a parent to a child, from God to us. Then over the last four weeks, we looked at the first four commandments. Today, we'll be looking at the fifth. So if you have your Bible with you, turn it on, open it up. We'll be looking at Exodus 20, verse 12. Today, we're making a transition. The first four commandments all involve our vertical relationship with God. He's introduced himself, told us he's to be our only God, that he shouldn't be worshiped as a statue or an image, that his name should be honored, and that we should set aside time to think about him, talk to him, worship him. Now we begin looking at those commandments that involve our horizontal relationships, those with each other. We're moving from God to community. We see this same split between the first four and last six commandments reinforced by Jesus. In the New Testament, we're told of a conversation Jesus had with a religious leader. Jesus was asked, which of these commandments is the most important? His answer, all of them. He responds by saying, the greatest commandment is love God and love others. Jesus' reply summarizes the 10 commandments in two, love God, love others. Having spent the last four weeks learning what it means to love God, today we begin looking at what it means to love others. And God starts with the first human relationship we have, our own parents. So the commandment in Exodus 20, 12 says this, honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let me pause there for a moment. In a minute, we'll dig into what it means to honor our parents. But I know you might hear this verse, this commandment, and have a bad reaction. The idea of honoring one or both parents may create anger, sadness, or pain for you. You may have experienced abuse by someone entrusted to care for you, maybe even now. Let me be clear, this commandment does not tell you to allow that to continue. If you're hearing this today and you're in a situation where you're experiencing abuse by someone entrusted to care for you, get help now. Call our church, call a counselor, call your school, call a trusted adult, tell a friend. But please get help today. For some of you, there may be sadness today. If you're like me, your parents are no longer alive. That's okay. I think God has something to say to us today too. You see, honoring our father and mother really doesn't require their involvement or permission. Honoring them is our response of obedience to God's commandment. It doesn't require your parents to do anything at all. We can honor our parents without their approval or even their knowledge. Remember, we honor our parents in obedience to God, not them. God isn't gonna hold your, your parents responsible for whether or not you honor them. 
Does God have expectations on your parents of how they'll treat you? Of course. Will he excuse you for not honoring them because of their actions toward you? Unfortunately not. It's not honor if they let you wear what you wanna wear, honor if they let you stay out late, honor if they love you, honor if they treat your spouse well, honor if fill in the blank. God's commandment for you to honor your parents is all about God's love for you. His desire to see you become more like Jesus, his desire to see you treat others with respect and love. It's about your love for God and willingness to obey him even when you don't want to. As much as I didn't like it as a child and sometimes don't like it now, the commandment is simply to honor, even when I think I have a reason not to. These commandments are personal and God expects us individually to obey them. Our circumstances may make it difficult, but God lays out his desires and then gives us the grace to help us when we fall short. Honoring your father and mother is all about you, not them. But God doesn't just leave it there. He's not about throwing 10 rules out there to see how you do. He realizes now, just as he did then, that he's giving these commandments to people who are broken, people who are imperfect, people who will fail at keeping them. So he waits for us to ask him for help. He knows we'll have a difficult enough time showing him the honor he deserves and he's a loving, gracious, perfect father. How much more difficult will it be to honor imperfect, broken parents? He starts the Ten Commandments by reminding us that he is the God who has the power to rescue us and take us to a new place. He reminds us that he's in it with us, that he'll give us the perfect advice to help us with our imperfect relationships. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. If you're familiar with the Ten Commandments, you may notice that this is one of the few that doesn't tell us what not to do. There's no, you shall not kill, or you shall not lie. It's not correcting thought or action, but reinforcing positive behavior. As we've heard over the past weeks, God is giving these commandments in order to show his people his character. He has taken people who lived in the ancient Egyptian culture for 400 years and are now being taken to a land of their own. In that land, they'll need to be governed and learn a new way of life reflective of their faith. And in many ways, God needs to explain to them that his way is not the way they experienced in Egypt. But here in the fifth commandment, we aren't told to stop doing something we're told to continually do something, honor. And if you look at the ancient Egyptian culture and how they saw the family unit, this makes a lot of sense. The Egyptians valued family. There was generational respect from child to parent and parents saw children as a gift. Although the Egyptians didn't worship God, their cultural value of the family and the interrelationship between parent and child wasn't completely out of line 
with what God is establishing here. God reinforces his expectations and puts a stamp of seriousness on our relationship with our family. It's no coincidence this commandment falls just after those about God himself and at the start of the commandments involving those around us. The behaviors we learn as we grow up in our families can have real bearing on how we relate to people in our wider community. So if we're gonna do what God asks to do here, he tells us to honor. What does that mean to you? I've often heard the word obey used here in place of honor, and there is an element of obedience and honor, but it's not the word God uses. The root of the word honor used here is literally translated heavy or weight, to give weight to something. A good way for us to understand what honor means in our own modern English would be to give appropriate respect to our father and mother. Give our parents the weight of their authority. And so honoring will change over time as we go from young child to young adult to adult. As we look at God's choice of words here, it helps to remember that these commandments have no time stamp. They're eternal because they reflect God's character and God's eternal. This is a lifelong expectation. Honoring our father and mother doesn't end the day you move out. It doesn't end the day you get married or have your own family. It doesn't even end after a parent has passed on. We can continue to follow God and honor our parents at any stage of life. And while strictly obeying would become more difficult as we became adults ourselves, having appropriate respect stays with us throughout life. When we're young, does honor look a lot like obey? I think it does. Parents are given responsibility for their children and are expected to set boundaries, provide safety and guardrails. And when young, all those things will require us to obey. As we get older, we find new ways to honor our parents that isn't necessarily obedience. Our relationship with our parents changes. As many of you know, it's not always easy. I heard it suggested it may be easier to obey than to honor. I think for me, that sounds about right. You see, honoring is a state of the heart, not just a thing that you do. In Isaiah 29, 13, God says this, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You see, Honoring someone starts in our heart. God wants our heart to honor him. God wants our heart to honor our parents. If we honor in our hearts, we'll find it easier to honor in other ways. And here in God's fifth commandment, he wants that for our parents, even when it isn't easy. So we're in this series called Life is a Highway. And I think there's some real examples of how this commandment plays out when I think of driving. It's really about who's driving and how they drive. When my sister Mary and I were younger, our folks had this Ford Grand Torino station wagon. It was big, it was heavy, and best of all, you could fold the rear bench seat down and create a vast playland of space. Brad mentioned in his message a few weeks back 
a time when there weren't seatbelts. For us, it wouldn't have mattered. My mom took an incredibly thin piece of foam, sewed a cover together, and laid it across the rear of the wagon. When we took trips, my sister and I would pile in the back and play whatever time-passing game we could think of until we got to our destination. We'd frequently take a trip from Reading to the Pottsville area, where my dad grew up to visit friends of his. Of course, time doesn't pass as quickly for a kid as it does for an adult, And so, although I now know it wasn't a terribly long trip, back then, it seemed like forever. You know, are we there yet? A few years ago, I wanted to show my wife the same place. Couldn't remember how to get there. I'd never paid attention. Didn't need to. Mom and dad were driving, and they knew the way. We were just along for the ride. So when we're kids, it's kind of the way it works. We have to trust our parents know the way. They may ask us to sit up or quiet down or not punch our little brother in the arm. Sorry, Mary. We may have to ditch the cushion and sit in the seat. Our parents make those decisions because they know where we're going, they know the way to go, and they know what the plans are once we get there. So as a kid, sometimes honoring really is simply obeying. As we get older, that all starts to change. One day, you hit that magical date. You can legally drive. You study up, get your permit, it's time to get behind the wheel. Mom or dad are brave enough to take you out for that first drive. Slow down, look both ways, easy on the brakes. And soon you're able to drive on your own. Just like life, we're ready to begin making decisions on where we're going a vocation, further training or education, who we're dating. And mom and dad may be there giving guidance. Okay, a lot of guidance. All right, too much guidance. They realize you can make many of your own decisions. They just want to keep you safe, protect you. They want the very best for you. You decide which pieces of advice to take and which to ignore. It's their car and you're on their insurance, they're providing the way to get there, but you're making more decisions on where and when and with who. Then you're an adult yourself, maybe have your own family. You've been driving for some time. And for some of us, that means developing some bad driving habits. For me, my wife Laurel is quick to point out what those are. And when we're driving together, there are times that leads to friction. Occasionally, we'll visit Carmela, Laurel's best friend in New Jersey. Carmela's mom, Mrs. Marsala, lived close to us and doesn't drive. So if it was a family get-together, we would give Mrs. Marsala a ride down and back with us. She was on the way. My wife would kindly remind me Mrs. Marsala wouldn't be very keen on the way that I drive so I would be more conscious to drive more cautiously, take fewer risks, out of respect for Mrs. Marcella. I was driving, but with my passenger in mind. To this day, my wife's gentle nudge to me at times is, drive like Mrs. Marcella's in the car. I can drive how I want, but do I consider the other passengers? And for some of you, it becomes time to not only drive your parents, but decide where 
and when and why. You may have had experienced the difficult responsibility of letting mom or dad know it's not good for them to drive anymore, but you will take them where they need to go. And in some cases, you may need to take them places they're not very happy about, but you know it's best for them. Similar to driving, we can honor our parents in the way we approach a trip. When we're a passenger, how do we act? When we begin driving, do we listen to their advice? When we finally have control of the wheel, do we respect them as passengers? When they depend on us to drive, do we do it willingly? At each stage of life, honoring will look a little different. So what does it look like for each of us? I'm certain we all come to today's commandment from different places. For some, we experience a great relationship with our parents. For others, it could be strained, or maybe it ebbs and flows, sometimes easy, other times hard. Doing family can be difficult, but God wants us to honor our father and mother, and we are called to reflect his character. So how do we do this? I found one resource that summarized this really well for me. Hopefully it'll help you too. There's three basic ways we can honor our parents, in deed, in word, and in thought. The first way we can honor our parents is indeed the things we do for them. Since we we have Jesus as the perfect example of God's character, I'm grateful when I'm given a direct example of Christ demonstrating obedience to his father. Most of us are familiar with the Good Friday story, Christ dying on the cross for our sins. As Christ is dying on the cross, he is obedient to this very commandment. Jesus was the oldest son in his family, so it fell to him to take care of his mother, who was now widowed. The scenes recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and sees his mother Mary in the crowd. Standing near to her is Jesus' disciple, John. And Jesus asks John to take responsibility for Mary as John's own mother, and John does. Here's Jesus, dying on the cross, sees his mother looking on, knows that she must be cared for, and Jesus makes provision for her care. Honor your father and your mother, even when it's hard. The circumstances for Jesus were awful, but he knew what Exodus said, honor your mother. Hopefully for us, the task can be a bit easier. What can you do for your mom or dad to show them you honor them? Make a call, send a card, mow the grass, make a meal, thank them. You're not sure what to do? Ask them. That won't work? Ask God. I know that if you're sincere about wanting to do something for them, God will make a way. That's what he does. The second way we can honor our parents is in word, the things that we say. And this has two pieces. First, how do you talk to them? What do you say? How do you say it? Are you short with them? Do you cut conversations off early? Or are you kind, gentle, patient? Much of what happens in relationships happens in communication. Do you try to make sure you display God's character in the way you talk with them, text with them, 
post to their social media page. I know for me, what I'm feeling inside can tend to come out, sometimes in the tone I take or how sarcastic I am. In order to honor the people I'm talking with, I need to consider the way I talk to them. I need to think about the words I use and how I use them. The other way we honor our father and mother in word is what we say about them when they're not around. There's a popular quote that says, the definition of character is who we are when no one else is around. I'm not talking about sincerely sharing things about your parents with someone else. I'm talking about ridiculing them, complaining about them, saying things about them to others, not to build them up, but to tear them down. How do you talk about your folks to others when they aren't around? How do you talk about them in front of your own children? If your children are gonna grow up to honor you, what's the example you're providing for them to do that? You see, how we obey this commandment will have impact on the next generation and the next. How we talk about our parents to others says a lot about how much we honor them. The third way we can honor our parents is by the way we think about them, honoring them in thought. I think it all starts here, at least for me. If my thoughts aren't good, my words to them and about them won't be good, and that leads to doing nothing helpful for them. Or if I do something, I do it out of obligation, and let me tell you, it shows. Honoring our parents in thought may be the hardest thing of all. The rest of it I can fake, not this, because the only one I can fool is me. I, I can try to fool God, but that never really works. You may be hearing this today, and you say to me, you can't do this. Your relationship with mom or dad is broken. They won't allow you to do anything for them. You don't talk. You really have no relationship with them at all. If that's you today, can I offer up a simple suggestion? Pray for them. It doesn't have to be some elaborate prayer. It doesn't have to be some lengthy prayer. It doesn't even have to be anything specific. Just ask God for help. Help you and help them. God gets it and he wants to help. I said earlier, God knows keeping these commandments is impossible for us, but he gives them anyway so that we can reflect his character by learning from him. Is your relationship broken? Pray for it. Parents hurt you? Pray and ask God to help you forgive them. Don't know where to start? Just ask Jesus to show you the way. Maybe open a door. Maybe give you a chance. In many ways, this is baby steps. In the years leading up to my mother's passing, we had a strained relationship at best. Life in my family growing up was hard and we never really learned how to have a real relationship. So I started asking God to give me a way to love my mother. That's all, just give me a chance. God didn't do it in a way I expected or a way that was easy or a way that was comfortable. But he eventually gave me the opportunity to honor her. And I'm grateful for that. And now that she's gone, do I stop? Nope. When I was asked to do this today, I wanted to say, no, this is not my thing. 
But I thought about what mom would say if I asked her. And so I said, yes, pray with me. Father God, you know where each one of us is today. You have a best for us. You have a best for our relationship with our parents, whether they be our physical parents, step-parents, in-laws, foster parents. God, you've created these relationships. I pray that wherever people are today, that you would meet them there, that they would be given an opportunity just in one way during this week to find a way to honor them that pleases you. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for being a perfect father. In your name, amen.